Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Noise Podcast sponsored by Stereo Brown Records and brought to you by the Noise Podcast Network. Me and Jack discuss the new Deaf Havana record, The Present is a Foreign Land, amongst other things and talk about the band's journey and the new record and all that sort of good stuff. Make sure you check it out. Please follow us on Twitter at Noise Podcast, at Noise UK, as well as liking and subscribing to us on YouTube. Please listen to us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Noise Podcast. I'm once again joined by my good friend, Jack Holloway. How are you, sir? Are you well today? Honestly, that was the most wholesome introduction you have given me to date. Oh, yeah, uh, with that so one. That's good. I love that one. I love that one. Uh, we're good yeah, with good I'm friend. Good. I haven't fucked up the relationship yet. We're, we're okay at good friend. That's just where we are. You might be the first time in quite a number of episodes now that you've referred to me as your friend. Uh, I don't think you've told people enough. About <laughs> I, I don't need to show you off. Uh, what we have is between us, you know? It's special. I'll take that. Great cop out. Uh, I'm good. Thank good, thanks, Sam. It's, it's fucking warm, mind. Yeah, it, <laughs> it is, isn't it? Um, teaching kids today um, from approximately 1pm to 3pm was what I was imagining, sort of like gathering raccoons together and get them to start partake in circus activities is like, because it's just a fucking nightmare. It's like, they're like, their attitude is like, why, why am I here? Uh, why are you asking me to do anything? Who are you again? And why aren't I at home? And it's like, I'm not, I'm not the council or the head teacher, so please just write the sentence down and we can escape without having to fight each other. Because I'm also upset, as it happens, little one. I'm also upset. Um, it sounds to me like a brilliant idea for a sequel to Mad Max, where, you know, they've kind of come to terms with the fact now that there's like, you know, all the different sort of factions and things, and, and they're trying to bring some semblance of life back to this waste, this barren wasteland. And then they just decide to try and bring in some poor fucking soul to be like, look, dude, can you just try and educate these kids so they don't end up like wasters? And then you have to go in and they're just like, what the fuck? Yeah, there's a, there's a great sketch about teachers from Louis C.K. And he's just like, we need you to make kids know math. He's like, wow, <laughs> just know math. Just get it in their heads. They need to know math. He's like, what kids like good ones special ones it's just like whatever kids are near the building just just get them in and make them know math it's like do they want to know math it's like no they don't want to know math you also have to teach them math while their bodies are exploding and they're beating the shit out of each other so good luck with that um and that that's You're just that's fine yeah thanks man as you can see i'm i'm really living for it um right um <laughs> Let's talk about let's talk about the task at hand. Um, we're going to be reviewing Def Havana's new record. Um, now, me and you have quite a quite a relationship with Def Havana um, before we even actually get into the record itself. Um, I'd say we've we've really followed them along quite an interesting journey from for the last ten to twelve years, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know I've. I was pretty pretty sold on him from the fools and worthless liars days. I think. Yeah, yeah I'd, a long old while. I actually um I actually remember hearing Def Havana on a like it was like a Kerrang introducing CD in like two thousand eight, and it had Oh, how would you crack me up on it? Which was oh, um, yeah, <laughs> back in the screamo days. 
um Man, and i was like and this like is these back in the days oh honestly <laughs> honestly what what are we what are we even doing here like I, I i was pretty immediately um i was pretty immediately into it and i sort of followed them through sort of dipped out when i got more into metal and then sort of came back in 2017's album these countless nights which was just i felt a top five album that year just really loved that album um have very very close and, and loving memories of, of several of several songs on that record and since then we felt that they were on the verge of something really really special felt like they were they the headline brixton in 2018 uh they had a couple of top 10 hits a couple of top 10 albums during that period of time and then it all kind of kind of came off the rails and sort of came off the tracks a little bit did you ever think that we'd be actually sat here reviewing a new Death of Anna album? Because at some point during the pandemic, when everything sort of kicked off, I thought, okay, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it just, it didn't even hit a point where you think, oh, wow, they that's, you know, that's not, they, they, they've botched that. It wasn't that. They just went really quiet. Uh, you know, the it, it just sort of fell off a cliff after, after that Brixton performance um, and just didn't really hear for them, uh, from them, you know, particularly. And I think they've addressed that. So, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, no, I don't, it, it is the short answer. I, I don't, I kind of thought, oh, I, I, I think they probably just kind of called it, um, which obviously they've said that they almost did. So it's no wonder that we're kind of feeling like that as fans. And I think was, was far more divisive um, rituals was, yeah. you know a sort of shift towards it, 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 it I, I felt at least it didn't shift away from their lyrical content and what makes death of anna so brilliantly kind of poignant in in what they say but it did it in it delivered it in a whole new kind of package and i think it just it was a, a step too far almost um for a lot of fans so it ended up being one that people either loved or, or they they didn't so i didn't know if that you know sort of tied in but yeah, it felt like they'd changed their identity a little bit. I was one of the fans who it didn't resonate with. I'll happily admit that. I wasn't big on the on the synth-based stuff and the direction they'd taken felt a little bit unnecessary. I felt that they got into their stride and found a blend that had really worked for them and then sort of made a deliberate move away almost for the sake of it. I was, um, I was talking in an interview... Um, I can't believe I'm doing this, but like it's relevant to the conversation. I was talking in an interview with um, Cami from Oceans of Slumber. I, I can't believe I just said that out loud. I, I used to take the piss out of you for doing this. But um, we were talking about the cyclical nature of, of music, how bands do the same album over and over again until their fans tell them that they need to change. Then they release an album that changes too much and fans say we miss the old stuff and they go back and then everyone says that it sounds old, tired and repetitive. And then they then they repeat and, and, and it goes over and over again. And then then the band disappears for a bit and does like a reunion tour, plays the classic album for 10 year anniversary. Then we all remember how great they are. And their new album gets a little bit of a nostalgic boom. And then we're like, hold on a minute, this isn't as good as the first thing. And we just do it endlessly just tearing these bands apart for being whatever they weren't this time round. so whatever the only album is we're like well that's not as good as this one and we sort of pick it apart rather than just appreciating it for what it is i say that and also host a podcast where we do exactly that and i'm about to do exactly that so i'm just laying everything on the table there but it's 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 one of those it's one of those situations once again isn't it where um maybe fans weren't necessarily ready 
or um, particularly open to the um, to the shift in sound. Similar to a lot of their contemporaries, let's be honest. I mean, um, I, I used the Yumi at six example before, um, and Alexis on Fire, another one where bands fall in love with a band at a certain time frame at a certain period, and then when the band shifts into a new part of their lives, then it, it, it stops resonating as much. And it's a difficult, difficult pocket to fill in because very clearly, and we'll get to this album in more detail in a microscopic sense as usual, but um, it's very clear that this is a late 20s, early 30s album in every sense of the word, isn't it? That the band are in a different place and the songs are starting to reflect that. And I think fans have to be appreciative of that as well. Like, that bands aren't going to be releasing the same music all the time. And I think that this is representative of that shift. Where do you stand with that hypothesis? Yeah, I think, I think for me, this feels like what would have been the natural step in between all these countless nights and rituals. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I think, I think that would have made that transition almost smoother. And yeah, I think, I think the way that they talk, the sort of, you know, there's, um, like you said, we'll sort of dive in a little bit, but, you know, even the title, uh, you know, present is a foreign land and, you know, sort of the, the way that it reflects instead of kind of being in the moment, there's a lot of reflection on, on yes. this album. And I mean, for, for us being in our late twenties, about to be potentially 30, I say potentially is, I don't know why I even said potentially actually. Like there's an option I, I that really, it's not going to happen. Like I could be 30, but I could also be 23 again. To, to be fair, it's in November. So, you know, odds on on odds on odds us making it, you know. It's, it's creeping uh, up. Yeah, at this point. It's catching yeah. up. So, I mean, like, you know, a lot, it, I, it goes into my thoughts a little bit, but it, I, I feel like it does resonate with a late, you know, someone in their late 20s. Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with that. And um, on that note, appropriately, as a listener, in the late 20s, early 30s, and um, feeling a lot of the things that some of the lyrics refer to and having a lot of the similar experiences, um, sort of waking up and realising you're not 25 and, and, and sort of having a different opinion of the people around you and have a different opinion of the circles that you find yourself in and thinking, is this the type of thing I want to be involved with? Is this the type of people I want to spend my time and energy on? And that type of stuff. That's all, all very apparent to me. Uh, this is the stage of your life where that types to ha uh, that starts to happen. It sounds like we're having a therapy session. Welcome to our TED talk. Um, but I I really enjoy uh, Death of Anna. It feels I think your your, your conversation about it being that the, the the stepping what would have been the stepping zone. It does it does feel like the band has gone back to a comfort zone, and some uh, the fans that feels like they've refound their identity. And I don't mean that as a criticism. People might be listening to this thinking comfort zone. That sounds boring. No, no, no. Um, but also, if you're expecting this to be an avant-garde jazz album, then maybe you should not listen. But um, it sounds like they've they've found their identity again, or at least found the type of music that allows their identity to be clearer and more effective in terms of conveying that conveying songs and things like that. And it sounds very, very stereotypical, but I listen to this and I'm like, this makes sense for these musicians. This makes sense for this band, this voice in particular. It feels like they've, they've gone back to playing to their strengths and found an album that feels like home. I, I was listening to this thinking like, yeah, this sounds like a Death of Anna album. This sounds like the Death of Anna album I always like listening to. Where do you sit with that? 
Yeah, it's funny. I, I was kind of noting some of my thoughts on it and, and I kind of wrote that it, it feels like the culmination of the last three albums brought into kind of a, a healthy sort of mix because you, you, you think back and, you know, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the first shift away from the kind of, you know, the metal days, so to speak, their infancy and into when they went into, you know, record Fools and that was very much an acoustic take on kind of this shift that they wanted to take. And then they moved into releasing uh, an album that was quite folk indie sort of influenced. Um, and then they went into the kind of the alt rock direction that kind of, you know, brought in that they, they felt like they found their, you know, their stride on, on all these countless nights. And then they did rituals where they kind of included some of the synths and the, the, the sort of electronic aspects to it the kind of more polished, more poppy uh, sort of take. And this, I realise that's a long way of explaining, but this feels like, you know, it pulls in elements of all of that. You know, it feels like there were songs here where I was like, that would have fit on there, you know, and, and this would have fit on that. And, you know, it, 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 like, that's why I say it feels like it fits where it kind of, either where it is or, or, or before rituals in a kind of way that it just, it sort of ties in together those influences but yeah it definitely feels like they've taken a step uh, into their own comfort zone i mean it's interesting for context as well uh, you know what their initial statement when they when they announced the album and they announced that they were back and back as a two-piece and um said that they didn't really think that they were gonna come back and do this um they, they'd kind of written it off and i mean it's no it's no secret to people that obviously james um you know his his kind of drinking and things on tour he he talks about regularly you know the places he's found himself in and some of the reflections in this are of that so it's no wonder that things have kind of imploded a few times and you've seen changes but then for them they, they, they kind of explain it like they sort of stumbled across this you know they they created again and that creation was the thing that brought them back in you know, and it, it, I kind of feel like it feels like that. It kind of feels like they've stumbled on something that they thought, oh my God, this is why we love what we do. And, and then have kind of written a whole album off the back of it. And here they are as a, a two piece for the touring band. So, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, uh, I think that explains why it feels so natural for them. Yeah. Um, I want to get to it, Jack. I really like this album. How do you feel? I was kind of. I do. I love it. <laughs> I was I was nervous that you would kind of not hate it, but feel like it was very much in the same gear as all these countless nights. And I know how much you love that album, mm. you know, so it was I was kind of listening to it thinking, will Sam like this or will I be surprised? And it just won't hit him at all. Because, I mean, we talked about we love like there's the St. Paul's. Song yeah, that's a special, on. special song. It's just uh, we, we both said how much it's just beautiful so uh, yeah i was i was worried that you wouldn't but i'm so glad that you like, I, I i mean was i ever gonna not like this <laughs> no 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 within within minutes i was like he's gonna fucking love this i was <laughs> which as usual Mate. as usual made me like then i have to find an angle not to like it just out of spite um but it, it won me it won me over it won me over so yeah you're 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 in aren't you this is um, this is you, actually. If you're patting your soul out on a on a, on a record, this is what it yeah, sounds right. like, mate. Like this is there was um, some raw moments in there. I was like, that's a bit close to the boat, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. 
stings a bit. Yeah. There was um yeah. <laughs> there was a I mean, lot of a song like called Ki- kids. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There was a lot of like um staring out the window and thinking about where my life is going, listening to this album. Um and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think um it's one of the reasons why we like a lot of bands like this. Um Menzinger's Spanish Love Songs, um Boston Manor, which I know you're you're a big fan of. Um that that sort of sound really sort of resonates as you sort of grow up a little bit. Um, and that appears to be what's going on here. Um, no, this is a this is an album of real heart. This is an album of real... Um, it's a very wholesome album. I don't know how to explain it. It makes you feel warm when I listen to it. And I mean that in a really, really nice way. Um, in a non-cringy Christmas lullaby type way. It genuinely sort of brings a little bit of joy. Um, I think the opening is is really clever, how it sort of seamlessly fades in to 19 Dreams, which is a classic Death of Anna song. Like, that's really, that really good. Song. It, that that kind of um that little drop with the, the snare drum hitting on the on the 19 bit, that second part of the word. Very Springsteen, by the way. I just wanted to point that out. Um, and I'm 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 a big yeah, well, it, it is. Let's just stop pretending that it's just Gaslight Anthem like they invented it. Um, it's happening for 30 years before that, but it doesn't matter. It's a separate separate podcast. Um, so I'm I'm a I'm a big fan. Um, really just immediately introduces to that vocal, and that has always set them apart. Um, because it's just smooth as hell and it, it just really, really works. And it just goes right into a beautiful opening tune. It's got that kind of energy and got that that optimistic feel once again that I did feel that they lost. Um, and then I'll put you through hell. It's a bit grittier, um, but they've retained that sort of misery and pensiveness that I, I kind of vibe with. Like if you're not going to um, go like heavy in the music, then I need some kind of edge elsewhere. I can't listen to a purely happy song without being ironic about it. Apparently that's what I'm learning. Listen to this. So I, I'm, I'm really into the, into the idea of just having this extra edge, and they absolutely have that. Um, I do think it needs to, to get out of third gear. I'll put you through hell, but I think it changes um, on Nevermind, which is one of the highlights of the album. Um, because the minute I heard that acoustic number, I was like, oh, okay, I know where we are. I'm, I'm strapping right in, a little acoustic ditty, that Tracy Chapman kind of feel, the strings. Um, where are you at with your impressions of those first three or four tracks with Nevermind? being in particular because i think we're both in love with that one i assume yeah i mean for me uh, it, exactly the same you know 19 dreams you sat there by the way just thinking about university through that because <laughs> i was just bit. like yeah i was just thinking oh my god uh you know we'll be back on the balcony again you know <laughs> oh stop if I played that in the background now and started talking to you a little bit i think you'd cry on air <laughs> I'm, I, I can't I can't do it you can't even you can't even you can't do that to me Jack I'm trying, I'm trying to be professional I can't here. I can't which is why I'm just <laughs> going to talk about the other really sad song um but incredibly Thanks. beautiful song. never mind it was wicked I mean like I think they've taken some sort of they're they, they're always going to be a band and always have been a band that wear their heart on their sleeves right that without a doubt but something about never mind feels raw you know, it feels somehow more vulnerable. You know, it feels more 
desperate. It feels like he's put more of himself into it. And that might just be because of how stripped back it is. And actually for a band that, you know, could easily do a lot of acoustic stuff, generally their studio albums, they haven't done a huge amount of acoustics, so to speak, unless they've done the reimagined versions, which they do of a lot on their albums, which are always really popular for the same sorts of reasons. But yeah, I, there was something really special about Nevermind. Just how simple the simplistic sort of melodies with it just sort of flow. And it, it just, it felt special. It felt yeah, really I, special. I, 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 I agree. Um, I made a noise that you make when you're in the restaurant and the dessert arrives a little sooner <laughs> than you expected when the, when the strings came in. And you know the noise, it's like, oh, I didn't quite expect that so soon. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know the noise, don't you? I knew the noise when you said the noise. <laughs> I don't know why that's made me so... So it's so true. <laughs> Sorry. Like no, 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 it's like you weren't quite ready oh. yet for the fudge brownie, and it's like, oh, I am now. Like, oh, what a surprise! <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd have to get a refill, but here, here we are. We're going to be out of here by nine. How great! Oh my oh. god! I so caught I... off guard with that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's that's brilliant. the noise. Yeah. That's the noise I made. And it was just like, oh wow, welcome in, lads. I didn't realise, I didn't realise you had a string orchestra to this. I was, I was really, really, really in. Um, and I thought it added some um, much needed depth to it. Um, I thought, I thought that's a beautiful song. It's my favourite on the album, and um, <clears throat> it really, it's kind of obvious that it just shows off that beautiful, sweeping, wonderful little melody that they always seem to be able to nail. Any point of their career, they've always seemed to nail that simplistic, sweeping, beautiful feel, and that that hasn't that hasn't ever really changed. And then it kicks into on the wire, which is where I started getting particularly existential um, about leaving after parties and wishing that you weren't hadn't gone and all that type of stuff. I've definitely been in those sort of circumstances, and it it went straight into try and fall in this feels like the the the, the album at its strength here those tri that trio never mind on the wire and try and fall in the two acoustic numbers of real depth and that song in the middle that feels like a really big hit single it feels like they've they really came into their stride during that section that second third um was really really strong i feel like it, it, it does sort of pull back after that because i don't feel that someone somewhere is, is as good i think the title track is all right it's got a big chorus at the end I do think it fades on beyond that. But that second, third, I'm like, cool. I'm glad they're here. I'm glad they're back. This sounds like them. This sounds like who they are. Where do you sit with that? Yeah, I mean, particularly on the wire and going clear, to be fair, um, which is slightly later on, but the first single that they dropped, and they've got a real anthemic feel about them. And there's something, there's something even more kind of arena rock ready about, about both of those songs. You know, it, it without it feeling like it's lost any of the kind of the the, the good substance behind it that, that makes a Death of Anna song a good Death of Anna song. Do you know what I mean? They 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 felt they felt like staples. You could have put on the wire or going clear on all these countless nights and they wouldn't have been out of place at all. But they find a really special place in this. Uh, they elevate for me. Uh, and that's definitely what on the wire did. 
uh, I love trying falling. I actually really liked someone uh, somewhere as well. I think they did something a bit different. And that's that's particularly moments on that is what reminds me. And it makes sense that you would like it less because it reminds me of parts of rituals. You know, it reminds me of those sorts of parts where it goes into a bit of that kind of poppy, dancey sort of elements are sort of combined in with it and goes into that sort of, you know, just sort of treads lightly into that territory. Um, yeah, and I, and I like that and i think it had its place on here and it and it it sits nicely but it's not it's not overbearing um yeah i love the title track love help as well that's a, that's a great track um and then i actually think at the end of the album as well um the the trio of those three songs to to round it out is absolutely brilliant kids going clear remember me those three i love yeah I, I th <laughs> nice um I think I think Not present like foreign. Come on, mate. Yeah, no, no, no. no. <laughs> in a in a cool uh, way. I can't even cut that out because it would just be too much effort. And now I there's just... going to be a sound clip of me just saying, oh, "I love kids," and me also being nice with it. It's fine. Yeah, big fan. I've got two, and I'm DBS checked. All right, so there, I've said it. <laughs> I don't know why that's relevant or why I feel like I'm having to explain myself, but I am. All right. <laughs> Someone's getting defensive. Feel like I'm gonna be outed now. Let's cancel culture straight on my ass. I'm done. That's a, da, da. be fine. It'd be fine. It'd be fine. Be a blip. Um, once be a once blip. I heard the restaurant analogy that like these these chumps aren't going anywhere. It's just off. It's off at that point. This is all just free time. Um, <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah, me too. I'm just fucking losing it. Um, I, I really like the I like, I like the present foreign land. The title track reminded me sort of a bit like a stereophonics kind of vibe, um, and I like the chorus on not uh, on going clear. I didn't like the the synths on Remember Me. Obviously, once again, that that's missing me out. But I, I agree with you that the balance is more befitting with the type of band that they've, 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 they are. And going back to that start, stage, I think he's think he's really really good for them. But once again, and I, I made sure I got his name right because I was scared to say it earlier because I googled it and I was like, how to pronounce that? But it's um, James Vilek Galodi. Um, his vocal is just superb all the way through this. It's like it got a hypnotic kind of quality to it and that has that has always resonated with me and that's always one of the reasons why they've always felt like such a special band um and he his his voice on this has been able to sort of carry them through um i'm incredibly glad they're back uh, there's a small tour for death of anna being planned in 2022 through this month running until the 21st they're playing very small venues feels like because the two some of them might be just doing acoustic versions or maybe the playing a small band out or things like that. I don't know how, how exactly it'll work, but I'm hoping that this will be um, an opportunity for them to eventually sort of play bigger venues again, because why can't they do out to academies and things like that in 2023? What do you see for this album doing for them moving forward? Just to sort of tie a bow on the review a little bit. Also, I think it's Vec, not Vilek. Just saying. Just going to double and check. And you went at it hard. Fuck! And I, and I... <laughs> oh, James Vec <laughs> I'm sorry, James. Oh, Honestly, I, I read you've it. got every other, other part of it brilliantly. Yeah, yeah, no I problem with James. Yeah, sound. Uh, no, I appreciate that. It, it's, it's Someone's going to text me and be like, it's Galodi, actually. Um, Who the fuck is Black? Like, you know? Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> was this like a fucking German car that you're advertising? Um, you know, he plays right back for Dynamo Zagreb. I don't know. Um, I'm trying my best here. Um, give me, give me, I like the album, James. I'm sorry. 
Um, I'll go back to the question you asked me. Yeah, please and thank you. (laughs) You could sit with that for a minute. (laughs) Yeah, if I wasn't embarrassed enough, I'm also fucking boiling. It's just the the lava on my face right now. Oh, Oh. that is hot. Um, Yeah, I I think... I'd love to see this do amazing things from the, the the stuff that they're doing around the album release of intimate um, in-store shows. They've got a bigger tour announced in uh, November. I want to say I might be slightly wrong, but it's towards the end of the year. They've got a bigger tour. I just hope it puts them back on the, the map. I hope it gives them all of the creative freedom that I hear that I feel that they've had in, in this album and I hope it just it, it continues to go that way. You know, I think they're a band that it, they could either blow up or, or they wouldn't, uh, you know, and I think that's going to be entirely on how it's sort of received, absorbed, so on and so forth. You know, things have changed so much. How many people are going to listen to the album as a whole? Not as many as I'd fucking like, because the album as a whole is a, is a brilliant, beautiful listen, and you find pockets in there that are absolutely amazing. But you know, there's there's also songs on here to latch on to that, you know, could blow up as well. You know, it, it feels like there's, I guess what I'm saying is I feel like there's every potential for them to, you know, go into the stratosphere with it. But I feel like there has been on the last few albums. And I think, you know, that if they stayed where they were in that sense, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because they're still an amazing band. Yeah. And anyone that would be worried about this album just shouldn't be because it's fantastic. Enjoy it. Love it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And you were absolutely right. They returned to the UK um, in November, including shows at the Roundhouse, Rock City, Manchester Academy and Tramshed in Cardiff, Jack. Oh, can we go and see that? When is it? It's a Tuesday, so wow. you might have to go solo. But... make me sad. Um, Friday in Manchester or Saturday in London. We can talk about it. Um... So, I would absolutely agree with your assessment. This is a fantastic album from a lovely band that I'm very, very glad are back. And hopefully the future is as bright as this album sort of signals it appears to be. And with that, we're going to round out the podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. You've been listening to The Noise Podcast, brought to you by The Noise Podcast Network. Make sure to check us to follow. Uh, we're at Noise UK on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can find the podcast at Noise Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram. And be sure to like, subscribe on YouTube, on Anchor, on Spotify, on Apple Music, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks. <laughs>